I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome, everyone, back to the Playing Footsie podcast. And I am back after missing last week, and I'm I'm pretty gutted I missed last week, to be honest with you guys. Uh, you did absolutely brilliant with Brian. Um, I'm sure we've got a lot more on that to talk about as well. But I'm back, and I'm actually back in England at the moment, so I'm, I'm quite happy about that. Um, Maybe I'll get back out there later, uh, out somewhere, wherever I was <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> um, but how are you guys doing? And uh, how's the week been in stocks? Because uh, we're recording this on Wednesday this week, and it's been a pretty mad day. Um, I think we've got a lot more things about that to talk about as well. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting couple of weeks, actually, without you, uh, Paul. But very nice to see you again. Um, hope wherever you were was equally nice weather-wise to what it's been here today, which has been absolutely horrible and raining where I am. Markets have been interesting. Um, and it's been an interesting time. I've just been looking at Instagram and some other social media sites. And it looks to me at the moment like value investors are having the time of their lives. Uh, and in particular... Value investors who have been investing about as long as I have, which is sort of two years or so. Uh, but there's an awful lot that I'm seeing at the moment with stocks, generally speaking, before today, going down, big growthy things getting hit quite hard, uh, things with a kind of long time horizon before they make any money, falling quite sharply. And at the moment, I'm slightly concerned about what I'm seeing from kind of some... Uh, enthusiastic kind of value investors. I mean, I'm absolutely fine with anyone having their own ideas about how they want to invest their money or anything like that. Um, <coughs> there's nothing at all the matter with anyone's views there as far as I'm concerned. But I do think that, and I count myself in this category, value investors need to be a little bit careful when we're talking about other people's ideas. There's a danger when the markets start going our way that we start running our mouths just a little bit more strongly than I'd be keen on doing and saying everybody else is all wrong and stupid and uh, doesn't know what they're doing and this is all nonsense and garbage and so on. I mean, in fairness uh, to the growth guys, and I don't really associate myself as one, value investors have been winning for about five minutes from what I can see of it. Um, <laughs> and now we're going to start shouting that our way is like the only way that ever works ever and everything else was all just nonsense and a bubble and so on. I would be careful about that. I mean... If I had a portfolio that was full of Intel and Alibaba, I wouldn't start shouting much about my returns over the last five years or so. Um, but it seems like a fun time to be a value investor. I wish these guys well. Um, it's just that I struggle a little bit with the idea that we're going to start getting too excited about what other people are doing just now. Oh, I agree, actually. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you're talking from a perspective, different perspective, but... I looked at some of my comments because I release a lot of memes on uh, the YouTube community now uh, just for fun. Uh, and some of them are pretty close to the line. So I, uh, they actually seem to not do very well. <laughs> and they definitely don't get any comments either. But um, yeah, I, I have been poking fun a lot at, at a lot of the Kathy Woodstocks recently. And someone did call me out on it. And uh, fair play to them. I, I must have, something must have stung uh, in what I said. Um, it is just joking around, but I agree. I agree. I feel 
I feel after the pressure that I got probably last year, I feel very vindicated because by some of the some of the things that have happened. Considering how people how harsh people were to me at, at one point, and I'm not particularly a value investor by any means of it, um, but I'm I wasn't certainly that speculative growth side of it, and when when you feel that you feel the beast come out a little bit once you start going see see value is always the best blah 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 and i think you're right i think it's it's, uh, it's uh, scary uh, i i can see this tide changing any moment and i think everybody should be humble uh, about that and um yeah maybe it's a time to to learn not to do what everyone was doing because there was people messaging me a year ago saying it's a new paradigm and oh it was it was relentless it really was and i don't know if anyone remembers my interview with chuck and i just tried to get it out of him what mm-hmm. he'd seen before he and you could take the piss out of him right as much as you want but uh it was some of it was it, a lot of it was oh, okay. very let me very... just stop you there and begin <laughs> line <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it was very valuable information though and uh and it was all experience of what he's seen before and 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 basically as as far as i can tell it, it went exactly as he's as he said it, as it hasn't quite gone to the the death of all stocks but it's, it's gone exactly as he said it was and i can't i can't doubt that now how was your week i, Steve I was enjoying <laughs> I, I was enjoying an Instagram post too where um, a value investor with a quite large following had posted um, two two baskets of portfolios together and said, would you sooner have A or B? One of them was um, high high growth, kind of aggressive, sort of maybe cusp of Kathy Wood. She's probably owned them at some point kind of stocks um, like your Teslas and your Teladocs and things like that. And the other one was um, probably a collection of the worst companies I've ever seen in the world um, posed as value. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was quite funny to see even the whole comment section was like, probably still here. <laughs> I mean, here, some of them are still really expensive, but, but, but I mean, B is but- bad. <laughs> What was this like? This was like Teladoc but, and Tesla versus Geo Group and IBM. Three M <laughs> and yeah and things like that. Yeah, it was it was dreadful. But anyway, yeah. my week has yeah. been all right uh, up until up until um, well, today has been an incredible day for me. Uh, the, my main portfolio. A few more days like that, and I'll be uh, I'll be allowed to be preppy again on Twitter, and uh, I'll be telling value investors where to shop. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, in terms of a week, decent week, and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been good. I, I was just going to come back to you on that one because we'd actually discussed this the other day, uh, talking about the 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 market and uh, Terry Smith. We we saw it the other day, didn't we? That um, Terry Smith's been beating the crap out of the market by owning things like Colgate and. Kimberly Clark and things like that. And you go, oh my god, how is he doing it? But yeah, we we probably got a lot more on Terry Smith in the future actually, because very interesting character. You you guys don't like him though, do you? He's a bit of a you think he's a bit of an ass. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just his his southerner style, isn't it? His his local su- local southerner lad style, and he's a can be a yeah, jelly deals and. Kind of. <laughs> but yeah. um uh, my week has been, oh yeah, I, I'm actually really gutted because I, I have got money to go into the market that I want to get in before uh, the ISA closes because it looks like I'm 
very, very much going to um, fill my eyes for this year. But I've kind of been waiting, and it's, that's not like me. I mean, I'm still sticking to a schedule, but I've been look. I was looking at it, going, okay, I'm going to leave this until the very last moment in March to put this in because I think the market's going to go lower. And oh no, 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 no! Time in the market, uh, time in the market versus time in the market. Because today, some of my stocks have risen by ten percent, and I'm going, what the hell is going on? Even something like. AT&T was up like three or three and a half percent or something silly like that. And I'm just going, well, I've missed the boat, missed the 10 best days, haven't I there? And um, yeah, so a little bit gutted that I've still got loads of money in. And some of my stocks, KLA, KLA was right on the money as well. And that's gone up 4% today. I'm going to hope, I'm gonna, still going to wait. I'm going to wait till the end of the month and and knock it all in at the end of the month. But it, it just goes to show, just get your money in. I think I agree with that, but I also do think you'll get another chance, don't worry. I mean, the thing that I kind of <laughs> noticed there is the way I feel about it as well. I feel like when the market has those kind of couple of days, we think, well, that's it, opportunity gone forever. Bottom about in. three months ago, I was thinking, yep, never going to see Mercado Libre below a 1,000 again. Um, I don't know where it is today, in fact, probably still below a 1,000, but it, it was in <laughs> the 800s at one point, Steve and I were seeing earlier this week. I, I reckon you'll get your chance again, Paul. You think? Yeah, well, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got uh, an ad read, which has to come up in a moment, uh, from our good friends at Genuine Impact. We've got a game from SD. We've also got uh, a lot of China news has come out today, because that's a big news story. This is Wednesday, so this is our first reaction to it. We've We've really got the news and then our kind of opinions, but I'm sure of the coming days as this releases on Sunday morning there will be a lot more news coming out about this uh, FOMC meeting today confirmed some rate heights a few more rate heights than expected but um, still very positive news by the looks of things and um, we're going to talk about some stocks we're going to talk about Amazon and uh, something else so we've got a lot for you to uh, listen to we've got a lot coming in your ears th- today uh let's go um I-, I think we need to hear a poem from steve w right now oh you're assuming or, i have a poem or, um, a pro- or prose yeah just want to it's, hear prose. It's a, well it's a poem of a sort paul um after my kind of previous uh i guess it counts as success i suppose uh with um some poems about genuine impact i thought i would try a song um and then i thought after that uh, that Steve has enough to do trying to edit this podcast without also auto-tuning my horrible voice because I can't really <laughs> sing. So I thought I'd split the difference. Um, and honestly, I think this is the most nervous I've been uh, since like episode one, the pilot for us, when we really didn't know what we were doing, even less than we do now. But here comes the genuine impact rap. Just in case we change clothes at this point, the rap, the rap went brilliant. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Luke. I'll relax now. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Our show today is sponsored, our show is sponsored by Genuine Impact. Here we go. For those of us who never went to an investing school, when you're trying to buy stocks but you're looking like a fool, get the Genuine Impact app on your phone and then use it to find out about the stocks you want to own. 
3M and Zoom. An Activision Blizzard genuine impact will turn you into an investing wizard. Wizard with its info about all the company fundamentals make decisions with your head, not by being sentimental. Genuine impact has the best insights. Its info is legit and the app itself is downright easy to use. For me and Paul and Steve, if you try it and don't like it, after the trial you can leave. So turn yourself into a proper stock collector, then look at ETFs with a portfolio inspector. Keep up with the dates of your company's earnings and every day make sure that you just keep on learning and learning and learning and learning if you need to break down some company's revenue genuine impact has the news and it will do it for you so download the app from your store today and that's the end of this rap and that's all i've got to say it went off the rails at the end but it's done now <laughs> and fuck it i'm not doing it again <laughs> what just happened <laughs> that's incredible Every week, every week, this man is blowing me away. Absolutely crazy. Honestly, I mainly had that set up last week, but I didn't dare do that with Feroldi on the show because <laughs> I've not met him before. <laughs> I thought he might leave. Somebody get Truman. He is not paying us enough. Yeah, someone. Like... Truman is legit should... paying us enough for that. In fact, let's get... <laughs> we need to get... <laughs> We need to get Truman on here, don't we? Because Truman's actually quite an interesting bloke. So uh, I, I might, we might give him a call. He can be here. He, we he play can, a game he now. Have a whole... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Take it away with the game. I can't believe what just happened. I mean, I'm not going to wrap it. I'll, I'll just <laughs> ask you the question. I'll just tell you the question. Um, so I, I str have struggled to create a game this week. My creativity has been an, uh, been at an all new low. So I thought I'd bring back an old classic favourite of ours, and it was one of the very first games we played. And the game was called You Suck at Chamath. Oh, so yeah. I invite you to play You Suck at Chamath 2. More. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. More. The <suck>. deepening. <laughs> <laughs> so you give me numbers 1 to 10. And I will give you a stock. You have to tell me how much it's down just year to date, just in the last three months. So and, you um, realise at the start of this podcast, we did a bit where we said we weren't going to take the piss out of uh, speculative growth investors and SPAC investors. And that's basically what this game's going to be right now. You realise that? Yes. No, these are all dividend stocks. <laughs> Chamath's not a real person. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'll just give you a small hint. Two of them aren't down. Uh, and we have, a, we have a tiebreaker as well. So, Paul, I have got you going first. Give me a number. I don't know. I don't think I should play this game. I feel like this game is below my level. Just a little bit below my level. No? Okay. Right. <laughs> um, uh, number one, please. Number one is Virgin Galactic. You get within five percent. Either way, I'll give you a point. How much is down? I reckon that one's. Much... Yeah, yeah, I reckon that one's probably down, Paul. I don't think that's one of the up ones. <laughs> uh, wow! How much is Virgin Galactic down? Seventy-eight percent, I think. It's more. <laughs> that's isn't quite it? a lot in the last three months. Um... <laughs> oh, is it three months? Sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'll let yeah. you. I'll yeah, let you... I was going for a uh, year. It's only March. I'll let you re-guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, still thirty. 33%. Oh, I'm lucky, Paul, 78%. Uh, no, um, <laughs> you are... 
Incorrect still. It was actually down 42% year wow. to date. Wow. Uh, it's quite a lot. Sorry, I was going Steve, one what year, you got? not year to date. Number two, please, Steve. Number two is Open Door. In that oh, the, oh, wow. the app where okay. you spy on your neighbours or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, I know it well. Yes. Um, <laughs> open Door. Uh, this is another sort of speculative thing, though. So let's try this one is down... Year to date, so I reckon it's probably down quite a bit on Paul's one-year chart. But let's try forty-five percent. You're out by one percentage point in Ooh. terms of the range. It's actually down fifty-one percent. Oh well. Okay, Paul. <laughs> uh, number two, please. If you... <laughs> you just chose number two, so I, I don't listen, do I? I thought we were making three. this easy, to be honest. I thought we were just going to work our way up to ten together. But no. Number three. Number three. <laughs> Number three is banking at SoFi. SoFi hasn't done oh, that wow. badly, has it? I mean, overall, it probably has. It's, it's been a train wreck. But in year to date, it's probably not been that bad. So I'm going to go with not that bad, 26%. <laughs> I, got, I got to, I got to just 20 the anyway, just, no. that wasn't an early press that was that was just I knew it was going to be wrong so I just went with it uh, so far he's currently down 47% here oh, today joking. including mm. a massive rise today, I had hopes so. I had hopes for so far mm. I oh. hope you're spotting a trend um, <laughs> Steve five good don't let the bastard win <laughs> um, it's well the the only one on the list I really like um, Proterra oh what the hell is Proterra um, it's the bus the bus battery is... company oh good grief um, so yeah. uh, for, for the listeners at home this is Pro, yeah. Proterra Proterra is a bus company which was a SPAC um, does it make the batteries or does it just find a really interesting way to fit the batteries Makes them, puts them together, and does yep. uh, circ a few heavy goods vehicles and charging charging points as well. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, okay. In that case, hmm. so seven left, including this one that I'm thinking about now. Two of them are up somehow, but I can't see a bus battery company being up because the price of lithium is through the roof. <coughs> um, so it's down oh, by. Uh, 52%. You would be <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. It's only down 21.5% this one because it was down a lot last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's about $7 at the moment. It's really hard to go lower. <laughs> uh, okay, number four. Number four oh, well is uh, Rare Earth Miner MP Materials. Oh god, um, MP materials. Did you say there was some that are up in this on year? There today? is some that are up, yeah. Okay, MP materials feels like it might be one of the ones which are up. Um, is it going to be up by a lot or not? I can't tell. I can't tell by that face. That's the game. Uh, mm. oh, god, I'm going to go low. I, I think I share your directional thought here. I think I think you're you're right in thinking up. 
It's the same, using the same logic Steve used on the last one, that uh, materials mm. are inflated. But also, because I know this company has had a lot of hype as well. Um, I'm going to go with 4%. 4% up. <laughs> it's actually down 9.5%. Oh, um, this has been one of the, one of the better Sorry, stacks. Paul. I think it's about $40, so it's, it's, done, it's done pretty well. Yeah. Mm. Steve? If you bought it. Okay. Nice. Five left, two of them are up. Nine, please, Steve. Nine is, I think, this one you originally uh, pitched to me, Steve, or you definitely heard about, but it's Beck Chagrin. Hmm. That was a SPAC. Um, and is that a Warren Buffett a company? Warehousing SPAC. That's <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. He's got pictures of his face on the tea bags. Um... <laughs> Hmm, right. So, what does the current market for Buffett's teabagging industry look like? Um... It's, just, it's just Johnny Vegas and uh, Warren Buffett sitting next to each other. Oh, Warren! Why you got all that cash, Warren? Oh, that was so bad, wasn't it? It's a terrible impression. I mean, we must get some subscribers out of this show somehow. Um, get them out. What uh, do you mean, like, right. Make them leave. As I was... As I was explaining, this was a SPAC. It's a kind of warehouse automation SPAC, I think, or something yeah. like that, or was a warehouse robotics, automation yeah. SPAC. Um, it's a, I really struggle with the idea that something was a SPAC is up this year. Uh, it didn't have a good year last year from what I think of it, though. So let's try it's down 10%. It Incorrect. It's down 39.5%, which is amazing because it was down about that last year as well. <laughs> What you got for us, Paul? Uh, I think I've got number six, please, Steve. Number six is Latch. L-A-T-C-H. I think it was a software as a service, like home security company off the top of my head. Mm, No, I don't know that one. I don't know it at all. To compete with the Ring doorbell system. Okay, okay. Um, No idea. Other than people were locked in their homes and they wanted more security and everyone's scared of the outside all of a sudden. So uh, it's got a chance at being up by 1%. It's got a chance. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's down (laughs) 48.5%. It's a pure guess, isn't it? (laughs) It's amazing that we've managed to whittle it down to three left and two of these are actually up. So, Mm -hmm. wow. Yep. Uh, okay, let's try lucky number seven. <coughs> lucky number seven. Clover Health is up. Are you going to tell me is, Clover Health? Oh, no. Sunlight don't, don't Financial. So, oh, Sunlight Financial. Right. Do you want me to tell you what this um, one does? Yes. Uh, this one is uh, basically it's a, a credit company that lends money to people doing green projects. That'll do. Interest rates are up. Um, uh, Green's up. Money lending things are pretty good somehow. Uh... This is therefore up by six percent. We have a point. Way. Sunlight Financial is actually up two point three three percent year to date, <laughs> and only down fifty percent uh, from its uh, <laughs> issue price. So I think, I think Chamath's counting that as a wrong. win. Yeah, I think your logic's wrong there as well. I think that most of that has come in the net in the last two or three weeks probably uh, uh from russia. the from russia off. issue so yeah good call good call 
Eight uh, or ten, I have Paul? no idea. Uh, number eight, please. <laughs> number eight is your favourite Clover Health. I think it owns a tea shop down the road and two two dentists. I think. <laughs> no way, this is up. Surely, no way. This has got to be down forty-five percent. You are <coughs> incorrect. Go for that. Uh, so Steve wins 1-0, but we will carry on. Uh, Clover Health is only down 24.81%. That's probably because yeah. it's very difficult to get zero down higher. Uh, zero down is <laughs> lower than it is. Um, so Steve, you're left with number 10. And to complete it, yep. it's Renew Power. Do you know what these guys do? No, but they're up. Uh, they are. Sounds Renew like Power another is, renewable um, energy. It is. It's yeah. India's biggest renewable energy company. Oh, um, okay. Uh, so it's sort of well out of the way of everything. Let's say it's up by 9%. Oh, you Ooh, would have snuck in with another point right at oh. the very end. It's actually up 14%. Wow. I'll do the tiebreaker. You don't have to answer it, but the, the tiebreaker was Metro Mile, which managed to get itself, uh, it's now under a dollar. Um, 135 okay. million market cap at the moment. It's been an over 90% loser for investors uh, who bought in at, at $10. God, God forbid anyone who bought in higher. Um, but how much cash did it have at the time of being acquired? So bear in mind, it's 135 million market cap. It actually had 300 million in cash. So it was a buy one, get two, two free. So nice. there you go. Anyway, we shall shuffle on quickly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously those two stocks have come out of the 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 fallout from the sanctions on Russia. That's the plan. How how sticky do you think this is? Do you think this is around to stay, or do you think it's it's a flash in the pan? We're going to see it all correct back down. This is tough to say, isn't it? Um, it could be the raw. It depends on how quickly the sort of war on Russia gets uh, the war on Russia, war on Ukraine gets. Um, gets resolved, uh, peace takes over, talks take over, ceasefires, etc., and how quickly um, other governments around the world want to allow Russian oil back into the system. If, if, if there is a long-standing um, uh, issue with, with buying Russian oil, then I think you'll see a lot more sort of pivot to greens. Whether the, Amer whether the American companies and whether the, um, whether the Indian companies in that we've seen in this regard will be the big benefactors and it is is a different one for me there's not much russian oil on american shores anyway i think they said it was only three percent of of all that they use um yeah. so I, I think for most of this this is a bit of a flash in the pan for the american economy but but over in europe where they are quite dependent on um russian russian oil i think there's a potential for that to be an interesting move well yeah i i just had uh a I just wanted to ask it because I'm I'm not 100% sure myself because it isn't just in renewables. I mean, people like Boris Johnson have announced that we are going for a permanent like take away from Russian oil, uh, whether that's through nuclear, mm -hmm. which is one of the areas which I wish I'd been looking at probably a month ago. People, there have been people on the comments in my videos that have been saying, look up uranium, like pretty soon yeah. because it's gonna people have been saying it on the discord as well and i haven't largely ignored yep. them but i've thought this is too too complicated of an area for me so yeah nuclear and obviously we both had vestas probably a week before all that took off i've now sold that uh and I'm, i think you sold have it as too well. yep. 
Yeah, just because I feel like the the price was wasn't being propped up by fundamentals at the time, and most wind energy companies are non profitable still at the moment. So I just thought that was too big of a jump. I should have sold it earlier. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was it was an interesting one. But also, BAE is another one of my stocks, and it, it had a big run up. It, uh, it was about forty percent run up um did very very well over the past few months uh as it all led into this thing but now germany has decided to spend an extra couple of billion on uh euro fighters for example and uh, germany's has famously had a very poor or a, a very low defense spending budget but now it's increased it significantly so this now as far as raytheon and bae seems to be um it seems to be more of a permanent uh leaving effect and i'm just wondering if the renewable sector is actually going to be permanent if there's any genuine revenue that's going to come out of this or if it or is it just going to be lots of re new reinvestment or new investments into the green sector we're not going to see a payoff for quite some time I'm that's interesting i'm not sure about the renewable stuff i mean on germany and uh its defense budget germany's a nato member of course right uh which means it's i think committed to two percent of its GDP for uh, defence as a result of a NATO kind of contract, and I think they're just kind of catching up to that. So it feels like BAE Systems and and any other kind of defence contractor, if you view them as a kind of play on a defence budget of whatever NATO country, you view it as a, I guess, play on their GDP, because uh, as that goes up, their spend goes up. If you're the kind of recipient of their spending your kind of income uh, goes up. From what I hear, the outlook for that's pretty good for what it's worth. Uh, and I think it was that before the recent stuff anyway. But yeah, defence contractor shares got a nice push lately. It's just starting to come off a little bit now with some talk of peace talks. Yeah, definitely. But that's that's the thing. is The fundamentals now change because definitely in BAE, the fundals, fundamentals have changed for the better. And since uh, it was only two weeks ago that Germany announced this and um, they, they have picked it. I think they... I can't do this off the top of my head because I can't remember exactly how many typhoons they've ordered, but it is a big, big order. It's a big, big order. And that has changed the landscape of BAE for quite some time, actually, because these are going to take a long time to fulfill. It just adds to their massive order load. But yeah, sorry, I'm just... uh, uh, what, what the point of that was for me, and uh, I've only just come up on this, and sorry to spring it on you two guys there, and great answers that you came up with, to be honest with you, um, <clears throat> was that there are going to be permanent and flash-in-the-pan developments out of this special operation. I'm going to call it a special operation. Um, I wouldn't. And... <laughs> and... Uh, I'm just trying to now figure out. I think it's too late to invest in whatever whatever it is which was affected by the war, unless something new comes comes up. But I just uh, wondered what how how you felt about the permanence of some of the effects that are going to be felt by sanctions by because again, you know, nickel, Russian <clears throat> banks. I I have the belief that uh, Norris nickel will come back. I've seen quite some quite positive things, and the boss uh Potnin, um who, who's another famous oligarch who hasn't come under any sanctions yet is actually quite against the war he actually came out against it which was very interesting to see um more from a business point of view i'm i'm rambling on a bit there but uh, i'm just interested to know what you think about the uh the permanent effects of this conflict are going to be versus 
what we think it might be because I find that's <clears throat> always the case. I think you're going to see um, a speed up of away from uh, from oil almost definitely because we're dependent on states that um, we're probably not reliable um, producers of, of oil or or states where we have to turn a blind eye to other things they do in order to accept their oil. Um, so I think a move away from oil is, is a relatively positive thing. I think we've seen a general, we, we believe there's going to be a general wind down in, in oil for transportation purposes anyway. I think we may see that 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 quicken up uh, especially on a power generation front um in terms of nato uh, and, and and defense spending um most european companies um join nato to outsource their military to america um because very little um very not very many of the actual companies actually do meet that two percent commitment they make the commitment and, and rarely uh rarely meet it uh this is the sort of shock to the system that the sort of companies around their country, sorry, around there will probably start to spend that two percent at least in the in the short periods. Um, whether that holds or not, um, I don't know. Um, so green energy, I think, is a long-standing trend. I think we may have just brought that a little bit further forward. Oil in in in. I suppose you have to call it terminal decline, but it's very slow terminal decline. I think that's being brought forward somewhat. Um, and defence, we'll see, I guess, is, is that. But I think that'll be very short term. <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting, actually, that you, that you said that about the spending budget because um, there was a famous story about Poland trying to deliver 28 MiG-28s. I can't remember what, what plane it is. There's a famous story about Poland yep. trying to give it to the US and then the US gives it to y Ukraine. That was, the, that was the idea of their deal. And um the us came off very badly in that because they refused to do it and no one could really figure out mm. why they're refusing to do it and everyone said it was because they were they didn't want to look like they were becoming part of the war i had a little bit of a deeper dive into it and i found out that the actual deal was poland wanted to give away their 28 jets right now to the ukraine but in exchange they were going to receive uh, another 28 F-35s from the US later down the line. That was part of the deal. So Poland was taking advantage of a situation there and the US has said no. And well, that is that is at least the story from the article and a couple of insider sources that I know as well. And um, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, uh, thing there. Just politically, just an interesting story we better move on though because we've we're gonna be around all day talking about this if we if we do right so uh today we have had it is wednesday the 17th 16th march no nope. um so yep. so today a lot of news has come out and the stock market has shifted slightly i don't know if you've got that vibe from us right at the start uh alibaba is a stock that i own up 20 odd percent today in surprising because of some news that's come out of china what news has come out of china someone tell me so chinese uh government has made an announcement recently uh there's been a lot of worry about um alibaba and a bunch of other uh kind of foreign owned chinese companies we'll come back to that issue in a moment because the kind of structure that they use is potentially illegal and there's a chance the government might uh clamp down on them and effectively confiscate them or regulate them or various other things that are a kind of issue for investors so 
to figure out the kind of significance of what the government's been saying, just start a little bit further back uh, then for the moment. If you buy that thing called Barber uh, listed on the NYSE, you're not actually buying shares in Alibaba, at least not directly. Uh, what you're buying is shares in something called a VIE, which is a variable interest entity, I think. Um, and what that basically is, is a company that owns nothing at all other than a bunch of contracts with Alibaba, uh, which gives it a claim on Alibaba's earnings and assets, effectively. Uh, why does this exist? Well, because uh, foreign ownership of a Chinese company like Alibaba is illegal. Uh, foreign ownership of a VIE, which is not Alibaba, but has a deal with Alibaba, may or may not be illegal. Um, there's a kind of interesting complexity there. Uh, strictly, there's nothing illegal with owning a company that's not Alibaba and not Chinese, which is what that VIE is. However, there is, uh, generally speaking, a law that says you can't bring in contracts just to work around existing laws. So there is a genuine question, uh, and I think probably the answer is no, as to whether or not those contracts would be worth anything if the Chinese government attempted to stamp them out, basically. So what you own might come under Chinese regulatory pressure. Uh, added to that, China's government has been uh, talking about regulating quite ferociously its um, <coughs> big cap tech companies, which are powerful, stuff like Alibaba, like Tencent, like JD.com, uh, like some others as well. Um, so with concern about kind of overseas listings and uh, support for capital markets and regulation of big tech, Alibaba's had a pretty miserable 12 months for what it's worth. It bounced back 20% today, leaving it down a mere 60-something percent over the last year or so. <laughs> um, but here's what the Chinese government said uh, in order to rally at least part of that. Uh, they've more or less said four things from what I can see of it. They've said that they are going to speed up their regulation of big tech, which will give investors some clarity, at least, as to what's going on. Uh, they've said they're going to resolve their risk around property developers. They've said they will provide support for overseas listings and are prepared to work with the US uh, and that they will work to stabilise capital markets. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, sorry, is that there's also talk of the US uh, and there's been talk of the US recently. Uh, giving a list of companies that it would like to delist on account of its most recent um, Ownership of Foreign Companies Act, I think, or something like that, uh, or Fair Ownership of Foreign Companies. Uh, this is because the US has requested that anything listed on its um, exchanges needs to provide audited documents in support of its financial claims. Uh, Chinese companies, uh, depends who you ask, either can't do this because it would be illegal for them to do this or won't do this. Um, Chinese government has also said it will cooperate with uh, the US to support these kind of listings. Uh, that's the good news. The, yeah, the uh, I think the Fair Ownership Act <clears throat> says that they must be audited by a US company. So China won't do it mm -hmm. or Chinese companies won't do it because it would lead to them giving up a lot of information to a US-owned entity that would go through the books. So... Uh, there is a lot of working around going on with that at the moment. I feel like there's a resolution there. It's been very positive. I think overall, a lot of people have said that there's, there's going to be that, like, that's just, it's just news. It's not really a problem that's, that's occurring, but it, it is, it is a headline. So there is that. Um, I saw a very, uh, uh, what's his name? O'Leary. Uh, the dividend investor that's not really a dividend oh, investor. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary. Well, Kevin O'Leary. I was going Sean O'Leary for some reason. Kevin O'Leary. I saw a very smug Kevin O'Leary this morning <laughs> on CNBC talking to one of their uh, panellists 
uh, about how how he's invested in companies like Alibaba and Tencent and I believe JD as well. So he's willing to take the risk, uh, and he's he was really smug, saying, "See, there's no risk." And he went, he went. Actually, there is still a lot of risk. All we've had really is uh, someone from the Chinese government come out and say, "This is what we plan to do," but obviously, there's nothing written in stone uh, here. There's still a lot of risk and a lot of things which just haven't haven't come around and obviously china you know it all comes back to this conflict china has neither been in or out of this conflict at the moment and we don't really know where they stand at the moment uh with this so there's there's a lot of things which could come down to it the u.s could now hold these vies on a bit of a sh- on a bit of a string saying well we can take a lot of money off you but we also might not take a lot of money off you because uh as part of these vies a lot of the money that is invested into these contracts by public markets is held in a u.s bank isn't it uh and it they have to wait for the u.s bank to send it over so a lot of that money could still be out of alibaba uh at the time of speaking so there's a lot of a lot of information there um how do we feel has it strengthened your need to get into the chinese market i'll tell you what kevin o'leary said uh, afterwards uh yeah for me it's just made me feel a little bit more positive about um about investing in china i'm not sure i'm gonna go you know increasing uh any sort of position sizes beyond what they already are i i the only chinese share i own is is 10 cent and um it makes up about three percent of my portfolio the, the aim was to take it up to around four percent and i mean we'll see how that goes at the moment i'm, I'm down about 25 percent on that position because 10 cent fell from 50s to uh, mid mid 30s i think it fell um so that came down to about a 17 p ratio whether or not you believe the figures out of china is 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 up to you but um yeah for me um i i, I once heard the best way of playing china i think it was on the Motley Fool podcast was just to play the hits and I still think mm. uh, playing the hits is probably the way that I would I would go with it. That was Bill Mann, who was um, doing another piece on China at the weekend, and he said that it's basically impossible now for Chinese companies to comply with kind of US requirements because they cannot, by Chinese law, hand over documents that the uh, US wants them to hand over, uh, for what it's worth, which means that uh, he now thinks China's uninvestable, at least for the time being. I mean, that was before, in fairness to him, uh, this stuff uh, today. So that might change his thinking on that. I don't know. He's one of the kind of better people that, or more sensible people I've heard uh, saying stuff about this who sort of seems to hmm. know what's going on, at least at the level of uh, descriptive stuff, right? I mean, what people ought to do or what they will do is, I guess, anyone's <laughs> guess. Um, but... You know, uh, he's pretty good on, I think, the kind of basics like that and helping you see really what's going on there. And someone who's arguably less sensible, going back to Kevin O'Leary, he offered the antithesis to this argument, which was um, you can't get this level of value anywhere in the world right now. Well, maybe Russia, but you, you, you just can't get this level of value. You've got companies like Tencent, Alibaba, JD, uh mate one uh there was another one that was on on the list that i wanted to point out as well um 
these stocks are growing at 30, 40, 50% revenues every year. And they're down at PEs of less than 17. And you, there, there just isn't a place in the world where you can find that level of growth right now. Uh, maybe Steve D would argue differently. Uh, but uh, he, he is, is arguing this and he says that this just alleviates some of that pressure with the uh they're getting onto the building trade they're because of the loans the loan defaults in i can't remember what the big company what was it called that had all the loan defense the housing housing developer that caused all of this basically Evergrande. The first no not Evergrande. Was it, was it Evergrande? no it wasn't Evergrande. uh leave it in the comments below well, maybe not uh, what it was um yeah i think it was Evergrande. if, if it was Evergrande, because i got it yeah yeah, you might be right. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> you might be right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there you go then. Um, yeah, so they're getting on top of that by getting stricter on their loan. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna push their loan um, requirements higher and higher now. And obviously, they're going to support the markets. Uh, famously, China did not do a lot of quantitative easing during COVID. So... Now it might start to um, devalue its currency a little bit to try and uh, keep the markets afloat in China. So that was another big piece of news that, that came out of, of what they were talking about today. See it when I believe it, or believe it when I see it? Well, I was just going to say, just before we just before we do shuffle out of here, um, I guess one of the big risks of, of Chinese stocks is that, yeah, you was getting growth at a reasonable price, but um, now you're getting growth at a very good price. So one of the risks that has, has dissolved is that risk of, you know, that that price. So um, if your yep. issue was, yeah, these are these are pretty cheap, but I would sooner pay a little bit more to get something in the US. Well, right now you're getting some pretty decent Chinese companies at a fairly decent price. And if you can stomach the risk uh, that comes with investing in China and the chance that, you know, um, the magic money might never appear, um, <laughs> or maybe the magic money doesn't exist in the first place. Um, then I think perhaps there's, there's, you know, there's a you could definitely build a case for investing in China. Yeah, I, I definitely you... see that. I think from no, the answer. way I see things, uh, the way I see things, I guess I think the risk is kind of uneven across different Chinese companies. Hmm. So it depends. I pointed out there are a few different sources of risk here. One is basically being confiscated by the Chinese government because investing into a Chinese company is illegal. Another is being delisted by the US. Um, those are not the same thing. And I think as far as I can tell, and I'm entirely going to be upfront here and say I don't fully understand all of this stuff, I think that might be different from company to company. So, for example, uh, for the time being, uh, Tencent, um, as far as I can tell, trades over the counter. It doesn't trade on the US exchanges, in which case when you get delisted from a US exchange, where you go is over the counter. So it's not entirely clear to me that there's a big delisting risk associated with Tencent based on the idea that uh, the US are going to kick it out. As far as I'm concerned, the US haven't got it in. Um, so, so delisting doesn't strike me as a worry there. There might be other worries, right? Like owning shares in a Chinese entity and the VIE structure and so on. Compare that to something like Alibaba, where friend of the show Sven Carlin was saying he's a big Alibaba fan um, and to try and get around the kind of US delisting risk he's stopped owning the NYSE Barber thing and bought the underlying thing on the Hong Kong exchange which makes a lot of sense although you need to think about risk in a particular way there I guess because if your worry is that 
investing into Chinese companies as a non-Chinese resident is illegal. Buying the underlying thing doesn't change that. Uh, it means you own the thing directly rather than indirectly through a, a VIE or something. But if your worry was that, look, ch uh, foreign ownership of Chinese companies isn't allowed, then you still have that kind of source of risk to deal with if you think that's something that's going to play out here. So I have this idea in my head, and I could be completely wrong about all of this, that the risks are uneven across different companies depending on how they're listed and how you buy them. Because, um, yeah, pretty, because that's um, pretty good. Because buying Alibaba in Hong Kong is, uh, you're not, you're still not actually owning the shares when you buy it direct through Hong Kong because you have to, um, there basically has to be a Chinese custodian. So what you end up doing is you end up mm -hmm. buying a share and storing it with a Chinese custodian, which is not too different from buying an ADR right. and storing it with a, an American bank. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just an interesting mm -hmm. little, little extra bit there. You, you are safer, but only relatively so. Yeah, you you've really got to like who's uh, holding on to your stock. But I, I was interested that you you said everything was going to come cheaper and not sure if you're going to get it or if you're going to get the same quality, which is uh, basically how we view the entire Chinese economy. Really, that's how it's taken over over the world, uh, just by simply being hmm. cheaper and making more of it and mass producing. Um, similar way they're doing it with their stock by the looks of things okay let's move on to the next thing that we're talking about oh god is we're about 45 minutes into this aren't we and we're now only just getting on to the FO, fomc rate heights we had plans to do stocks today guys but we are not going to get through this um let's talk about it though fomc met today and has cleared at least one rate hike but it expects a bit more than they uh, and had announced previously. Anything more to add to that on, on top of what happened in the market today? It was a pretty exciting meeting um, as far as Fed meetings could possibly go. Um, they've announced <laughs> a, a number of interesting things and raised a few key points. I mean, the headline is obviously the 0.25% interest rate increase. Um, that's going to happen fairly immediately. Um, they said that there's six more increases planned, so that'll be seven in total. Um, just general points from Jerome Powell. He said that the economy remains strong. Um, they're still seeing inflation, uh, but they think it'll be at around 4.3% at the end of the year. Although he does believe that that's this sort of higher inflation we're experiencing at the moment will continue throughout the summer. Um, he said that the probability of a recession next year is not elevated, uh, that labor demand is very high, that they still have an intention to reduce the balance sheet. And he said that... Um, that <laughs> that labour was tight to an unhealthy level, which was quite an interesting statement. He said there's 1.7 <laughs> job openings for every unemployed person at the moment. So, I mean, these are these are not signs of a company that's in my, uh, sorry, uh, uh, economy that's in massive duress. Um, what do you guys think? Any any key takeaways for you? The last time someone offered me 1.7 openings, I was smashed in a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do a tight pants joke then. Um, it's uh, no. It's, 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 it's an interesting. Uh, it's, it's, uh, so the first thing that sticks out to me is we expected four rate hikes, rate hikes, uh, and we've now got six. So that is, uh, I haven't seen the period that this is expected over. Uh, usually they dish out in one-year periods, but. Uh, this must be longer than expected now, but six uh, rate six point two five rate hikes 
over one year is quite fast. That's faster probably than we've ever seen before. So that's an interesting one. How did the stock market react? It reacted positively prior to it. Then when it came out and we heard the new news, it dipped. But then sounds like it immediately recovered today. What could the market possibly be thinking? Uh, I'll leave that one open up to you. I'll open that up to you because I've got my own theory. Okay. Um, I Here's what I'm thinking about this. And I'm going to sort of lazily assume that everyone in the market is thinking exactly what I'm thinking. So here comes the answer to uh, here's what the market is thinking. We want to wedge apart two questions here, I guess, when we think about the Fed. And I work quite hard to try and keep these apart in my own mind and when I listen to different commentators as well. There's what the Fed ought to do uh, and what the Fed is likely going to do. And they may or may not have the same answer. But one thing I do notice is that I hear commentators sometimes talking about one and sometimes talking about the other. So here's what I think is going to happen with the Fed. Uh, Powell's comments that Steve was reporting there are pretty much what I expected. The Fed is trying to balance two things. Uh... Raise interest rates too slowly and it won't get inflation under control, which is the point of raising interest rates as far as I can see. Uh, raise them too quickly and it will trigger a recession. Uh, and it may well be that they have a very, very fine margin of error uh, here one way or another. And I think if that's true, they are going to err on the side of not getting inflation under control. Um, they are going to end up with inflation running, as Steve was saying, through the summer uh, at about 4% by the end of the year, which, by the way, is still quite a lot. Uh, inflation wise when you're supposed to be aiming at sort of two that's about double what it's meant to be the fact that we've got used to the idea that it's like six or eight or something for the last few months uh, doesn't change the fact that that would be quite a slow way of bringing things down under control but my kind of take on the fed in general is that it's been quite reluctant to do anything that might slow markets down basically forever Um, the way i view these rate hikes is as the fed kind of putting its emergency fund back a little bit uh, the kind of pandemic happened and they had to throw everything they had in there. And, and arguably that was the right thing to do because that was an emergency. So you deploy the emergency fund and cut rates. Now they need some kind of wiggle room for future <laughs> emergencies and you know, maybe another pandemic or something. Um, so I think they're trying to just put that emergency fund back a little bit. I would reckon they're going to do that slowly rather than quickly and err on the side of not getting inflation under control. That's what I took from Powell's comments. I think the market is going to see it the same way based on absolutely nothing other than the idea that they will all agree with me because why not? I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, first, the first thing that comes to mind is that they're going to do this slowly. And I think we did know that they were going to try and do this slowly. I mean, like it's not the, it's not like there's another world crisis uh, beckoning at our doors at all. So there's no reason to... <laughs> get get the emergency fund back any anytime soon so um but the i think the market has reacted to this in exactly the way we thought it would and the bottom might be in i i, I hate saying that but the, the bottom might be in here that all of the worries that that came out um all the worries that could have been coming out that they were going to do something surprising and something uncertain are now gone they've they've done exactly what they said they would and they've kept the plan and i did think that was the, what the market thought they were going to do and that gets people that gets people's wallets open and and putting more money back into the market because they're not scared anymore i mean to say the bottoms in i think is is sorry that was just a really crass thing to say I, I, you can't possibly make up that but i do think that you'll probably see the vix straighten out a little bit over the, over the next three months 
So, thinking from an economic perspective, um, when you flood uh, uh, an economy with money, i.e. putting money in people's pockets, and um, and there's a period where supply uh, obviously cannot then then meet that demand. You kind of get faced with what we've got here. So the Fed's got to find a way of unwinding um, demand somewhat and let supply catch up. So the reason they're increasing increase in interest rates is that makes everyone's mortgage a little bit more expensive. That gives you a little bit more incentive to put some money in the bank. That should stop people going out and buying things. So that should that should temper demand somewhat and give supply a chance to catch up. When supply and demand rebalance, we should see prices start to come down. That's how inflation should start to come down. That's basic economics 101 at a really lazy, uh, lazy level. Um, the issue is having a lot of job openings and not a lot of unemployed people at the moment i mean it's hard not to skip over the fact that quite a lot of americans died last year because they um they they were overweight people who had uh, refused to take a vaccination um so there's, Ooh, there's probably that's a stereotype that, and a half <laughs> sorry to the u.s listeners the, one of you that might i mean <laughs> pop popcorn in the kettle black but um <laughs> But I did have. You're not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing I'm not. Um, but yeah, that is that is one of the reasons why they're so they're, they're so short of um, you know people to employ at the moment. Especially with American pensions are terrible. The, the health system's terrible. Um, you know, all of those things mean that their 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 people tend to work a lot longer than our people. Um, they've actually got a pretty terrible labour economy, but that that's for our benefit in the UK and uh, their detriment. Um, we, we can sort of like will them on, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you go sort it, but don't sort it too well because we, we really make a lot of money out of you guys being pretty much <laughs> whacked to the bone. Um, but yeah, that's it. That You can see, when, when you look at basic economics, you can see here um, that the two things that the Fed are really, really trying to control and they're really trying to control demand. They're trying to let supply recover uh, and we're experiencing that uh, all over the world at the moment and... Uh, with a little bit of luck, they get that under control. That 4.3% target, I mean, that's not too bad. I mean, I think the, generally the most of South America and uh, sort of parts of Eastern Europe, uh, they see 4% inflation as a pretty standard thing. I think America and Britain can can suffer a little bit of inflation for a couple of years and, uh, and still come out of it uh, doing rather well. Um, so, yeah, no shocks here. I think the market's gone up because it's that old thing we said, you know, 10 episodes. Um certainty mm-hmm. yeah definitely it's all about it's all about we just know what's gonna well or at least we feel like we know what's gonna happen now uh very very interesting i think what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there unless you wanted to talk about anything else no uh thank you very much guys for listening today we did have a lot on the list uh to talk about but i think we've just there's been so much news this week that we just needed to talk about it all. Thank you so much to everybody who's made it this far through, and we hope we didn't giggle too much at the start. Um, uh, leave us a like, subscribe, comment, whatever you do, five-star review on the podcast, leave us questions, questions we could do with. Uh, anybody wants to leave a comment, we'll answer them for the midweekers, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>